Live with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. That is a good question, Melinda. <laughs> I was just trying to look at my calendar right now to find out, but I think it's in November. It's in November. We're going to be going to Seattle. Here it is. I just found it. So we'll be up in Seattle from November 11th to the 19th. Basically, what we're going to be doing is we're going up to Wayne Taylor's Church, Calvary Chapel, Seattle, and we're going to be touring public high schools in Seattle. And it's a lot of atheism up there and oh, yeah. a lot of all kinds of stuff, liberal stuff. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. So it's going down. I'm excited. Yeah. So the doors are wide open with the high schools. We're going to hit the church and do a wake-up message out there as well. And then the Kill the Noise Tour. And like I always tell you guys every week, we are the Whosoever's Movement. We do tour public high schools year-round. Schools starting, I think, like any pretty much in a couple weeks now or something like that. Uh, talk or, about Monday. Yeah, well, some, oh, really? some schools yeah. are already in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. schools in business, even more so. Join us. Pray for us. If you guys want to donate to the cause, I want to hit 60 schools this year. Yep. We hit 20... like. Every year we we step it up a couple more. Last year I think we hit twenty three. I want to triple it this year. That'd be amazing. That How would be. sick would that be? Yeah. I did the numbers. Just say we hit minimum. Who has a calculator out? Do I need to pull it out? Really oh, no, quick? I got a calculator. What do you need to know? All right, here we go. Give me the info. I think I already have the number here because okay. it was an old calculation. But <laughs> let's look it up. So okay. say we hit, say we hit sixty schools. Okay. Let's just say minimum five hundred people show up. Okay. What is that? That is 30,000. That's 30,000 kids. kids. Minimum. Yep. That will be hearing. Yeah. Non-Christian kids that would be in front of. Yeah. Hearing the gospel. Dude, that would hearing be the insane. Hearing the message of hope. And this is an amazing vision because like, with our schools, I mean, that's, our, that's the future. The young people. Um, and the, the Kill the Noise Tour, we have seen it have so much momentum. Like Ryan was saying, the year before, then this last year, was able to almost double it. And now the heartbeat of maybe even going 60. Now you're going to different states now. Well, yeah. dude, just, just in Seattle, we're going to hit five. Well, first of all, we're going to hit five schools just in one week. That's Normally insane. we hit a school every other a week, week. Or, a week or a school a week. Yeah. Five schools in one week. Oh, and then we're going to Visalia. Oh, that's, yeah. that's coming up, actually, I think the month before that. And we're hitting five schools in five days. Guys, the vision. You can drive on that one with us. The vision (laughs) for this is an amazing vision, and there's multiple ways that you can get involved. Number one, you you pray for it. Uh, Follow. Maybe you you are a part of a school. You want to bring the whosoever's out. You can go to whosoever's at info uh, email. Go to whosoever's.com for more information. But another thing, um, be able to fund these events. You can donate. You can donate monthly uh, for the um, for to the whosoever's, just like anything else that. We donate the things all over the place. You donate to Starbucks. You do- donate to In-N-Out or whatever you like to, that brings you satisfaction. Just as low as $10 yes, you can give exactly. now. <laughs> you know, so it's an amazing way for you to get behind something that's able to change people's lives. So we encourage you guys. We did our numbers. Well, here, two things. I also forgot that we're actually going to Ray Bentley's church. Oh, that's right. We're San also Diego. going to be doing, right? in San Diego, mm-hmm. we're doing uh, a mess. That's coming up. We're doing a message at his church, the wake-up message there. Then we're going to come back, and they're lining up five schools. But I think they have access to 20 schools. 
Wow. So we're going to, the first week, we're going to hit five. That's 15 schools already. That's 2,500 kids in one week. We're giving you guys a low number. Right. 2,500 kids. We just might do, yeah, 60 schools. We'd triple. So if we, if we, yeah, did that, exactly. That would be insane. Think and then about it. In three weeks, you're going to almost hit your quota for last year. If you do 15 schools, you did 20, right? I want to do 120. <laughs> Give me 120. You better raise it. It's <laughs> too low now. <laughs> no, but you guys, this is. This is all going to lead into our uh, conversation for tonight. Um, the theme is going to be called Discovering the Will of God. You know, um, this high school tour is important. Uh, our mission is the Great Commission. This is why I'm doing the wake-up message. This is the, the command that Jesus gave us. He said to go out to the world and make disciples. And then he goes on to say, baptize the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey my commandments. Our whole mission here on earth, we're pilgrims here on earth, is our mission is the Great Commission to reach the world or reach the lost at any cost. And, you know, the one question that that rings with a lot of people, and I think it's even with believers, non-believers, and it's a, it's a question that pops up throughout your whole life. It's called discovering the will of God. Right. Um, because there's different chapters in all of our lives. And we're, we're all, us three are going to talk about this tonight that there's different chapters in our life and you have to keep reanalyzing your life, doing inventory going, am I in the will of God? Because you could be the senior pastor of a church, right? Yeah. Of a mega church. If you want to say 20,000 people, and it might be God's will that you actually step down and go do some street ministry. Just like, uh, I was going to say Jackie Chen. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Francis Chen. Right. Uh, I don't know much about him, uh -huh. but I do know he was, a part of this church that was a thriving church in Northern California. And for whatever reason, God told him to, I seen him speak one time at a, at a conference in Miami. He stepped down, left this thriving church. And now he's in the streets in the Tenderloin district, which is the sketchiest area, mm. probably in all of America in San Francisco. And God, yeah. because that was God's will. Right. At this that, is, huh? Go, keep going. That was God's will for him at that time. And then I was with one of my friends the other day. He manages, a, a enormous uh, pop band right now that's actually exploding mainstream all over MTV Awards. Got, got four MTV Awards last last year, and now they're performing at the new VMAs this year. He's a, he's working with uh, the biggest band, uh, big pop band. And we sat down for lunch yesterday, and he was basically asking me, I just want to know God's will for my life. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like looking at him like, <laughs> I wish I had that answer right. for you. <laughs> Because that'd be the easy fix. Hey, man, this is what you need to do. But we have to discover God's will in our own personal life. So what I I just went on to kind of started telling him that you will know when you're in God's will because you will have peace in your life. Number one, and uh, you'll know that you'll have you'll have peace in your life, and you'll um. What are some of? I'm trying to remember that conversation. There was it was like two hour conversation. But uh, basically, I was just telling that you'll have peace in your life, and you have to, to find God's will. You have to go after it. You have to read. You have to pray. You know, when you read the Word of God, that's like God's voice speaking back to you right. through mm -hmm. His Word. And you can't just say, I want to know God's will. And if you're not seeking Him, then you aren't going to find Him. He says, seeking you will find. Knocking the door will be open. We have to draw near to God, and He will draw near to us to find out His will. And we have to step out by faith. Sometimes, you know, walking by faith is by doing walking by uh, what you don't see in front of you. Right. So there's all these different things, and he's in a comfortable position because he believes his band's going to be, you know, ginormous next year. But then he feels like God's calling him out of there. So it yeah. doesn't make 
sense you on know, paper. You you brought up the the Francis Chan, and it's like a lot recently, a lot last year or a couple of years. You know, there have been some guys that are in amazing positions. You know, mm-hmm. as, as a pastor, being able to do a lot of things, but. You can't deny when God starts leading you a different direction. David Guzik here in Southern California, amazing uh, Bible teacher. People love his, his teaching, um, Blue Letter Bible. All of his outlines are there, and a lot of people have gained a lot of um, understanding and simplicity of uh, from his teachings. Um, but he felt, even though he was the senior pastor and I believe in Santa Barbara, he felt the Lord was leading him to be able to go guest speak other places, build on, you know, continue writing books and do different things. And he actually turned over the church for uh, another pastor to lead the church. He's still a pastor there. Santa Barbara. Yeah, Santa Barbara. Chapel, Santa Barbara. But I mean, that's, an, that's, a, that's a big thing, you know. That, I that's just being, heard about that. That's being sensitive yep. to the will of God. And I know hopefully in a few weeks, months or so, we'll have your dad here because as we're talking about this, I think about how his ministry was thriving in Calvary Chapel, West Covina, but he just knew one day like he had to move because he didn't have peace any longer being there, even though everything was lined up going fine. Right. They said they had four services yeah. on Sunday morning and two Sunday night services. Yep. Yep. That, <laughs> and then Wednesday when they night. decided... Huh? And then Wednesday. And then Wednesday. And then Wednesday. Yeah. They probably had two services or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was going. And they off. were bursting at the seams yeah. everywhere. I remember having to get there like at least if it started at you know six, you had to get there at least by five. Two hours ahead to get to church. Yeah. They. That's what they and said. And they knew they would, would lose people if they left too to Diamond Bar. Exactly. That's far. From, yeah. from Muscovina. Everyone, I don't want to get ahead of the game because we got to have your dad tell this <laughs> okay. story. Yeah. Hey, but don't tell my story. But, but I will say this: people told him. All churches die in Diamond Bar. Don't do it. Yeah. And yet God is in an amazing exactly. work. Exactly. Even so, like, yeah, actually we're going to hold the story. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, this is an amazing thing because that's what we're talking about today. You, as you you were meeting up with your friend recently, like what's God's will for my life? This is one of the most commonly asked question. Like in the world, people that don't know the Lord, it's what's my purpose in life? Right. Why am I here? You know, because you can go through your routine your eight to five, your job, you know, being in the freeway and all the different things that you go through in life. But you do have those moments. You're like, my life has to be more valuable than just the mundane things. What is it? What is my sweet spot? Where am I supposed to be? And when you come to the Lord, it's amplified even more. It's like, all right, you spared my life all Mm -hmm. these years from a lifestyle that was nuts. And you saved me. You pulled me out of darkness. So the Lord, what do you want to do with my life? And even if you're that person that's like sober and, you know, has a good career. Yeah. And uh, you just wake up every morning, get in your car, go to work, come back. But you're not feeling yourself with like tons of like pleasure, like, you know, doing all these trips. And you're just kind of like going through the routine every day. I think that's when that void comes in. Because I think that what Satan does is he likes to keep us preoccupied. Mm-hmm. In the old days, you know, they had to worship the God of Moloch or Ashraf, you know, the God of pleasure and, and man, God of mammon, you know, to 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 fill that that void going after that stuff. But um, if you're just like, just say an average Joe Schmo, you're just kind of going, clocking in, clocking out of work. And you have to think going, what is there to life? Like, what, what am I even doing here? Right. Because I mean, you you have that's where the void comes in. But I think because a lot of us, like you and I, we got into like girls and drinks, mm-hmm. and so you 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 fill that empty void with like uh, being wasted. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you're basically turning your brain off to not think about those things. But you, on the other hand, Melinda, you weren't in, you weren't you weren't into that stuff. So you were going through life, 
sober-minded. Were you, were you? Were you doing like a bunch of drugs? Yeah. You were? Yeah. Big time? Well, I don't know. Well, I guess you found God when you were young. Yeah, I found him when I was obviously younger, but you know. So you were, that's what you were involved with too. Yeah. Can we get a Joe Schmo in here? Hey, Bjorn, get in here. <laughs> now, Bjorn, you're nine years old. Tell me about life. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have an empty void? <laughs> but seriously, but, it's, yeah. but anyone who has a void, mm. they fill it with something. It might not be drugs. It might not be alcohol. It might not be women. But they're filling it with something because that void has to be filled somehow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what may be success. It mm. may be money. You know what I'm saying? It, whatever it may be. Maybe material things that are not necessarily considered terrible. I mean, is that really a sin to be successful? No. Is it a sin Just to have... Just to the whosoever's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it a sin to have money? Is it a sin to have material things? Like, those are not necessarily a sin where you look at them and go, oh, you need to change your life no tonight. You know no. what I'm saying? And so... That their void is being filled somehow, some way by something. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of recognizing that's what you're doing. But I just think, like, I mean, if you have all this money, yeah. you have this big house, you get the, you get the, you know, you have your Learjet or whatever. But just like anything new, you, it's, you're excited for like a week, and then you're like, exactly, whatever. How many cars can you? How many Bentleys can you buy? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mayweather bought like ten. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's Solomon's whole thing. That's yeah. what Solomon said. Yeah. Solomon said the same thing. He had everything, but still there was a void. And there, there was a he called it vanity of vanities. Like I don't get it. There's still there's still something lacking. If I if God's not the center of my life, and I have, and he was a great architect. He was a great um, poet. He had all the, all the women in the world. He had big parties. Like he was the man. People came from all over the place just to hear him speak, and yet he said. But what in reality do I have more than a poor man? We both go to the grave. Like, what's the purpose of life? Right. And it's a great question to ask. And really, I truly feel that it is found when you come to the place where, you bro where you're broken, you submit your will to God's will, and he will start directing your steps. Mm -hmm. For all of us, it's different. I, re I remember sitting in, in church, coming from the lifestyle that I did, but just listening to the word of God for my first time in my life. And starting to read the Bible, you know, not at church, but just at home and stuff. And then coming and coming with a heart of expectancy. And I remember sitting there in a congregation at uh, Golden Springs, you know, 2,000 people in the sanctuary when your dad's speaking. And this is just hitting my heart so much. I remember having this thought in my mind, like, if everybody be believes what is being taught, like, we could impact so many people's lives. Right. You know, like I, I needed to hear this. So I have friends that need to hear what I'm learning right now. And then it was like, what am I supposed to do? Right. W what is the purpose for my life? You know, and the Lord would stir and show mm -hmm. me things in my own personal life that would start my road down a journey of faith of being used by God. Right. But God speaks through his word. He gives us directions. Like I felt even like today I was just sitting there reading my Bible because like right now I'm in this, this 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 place where I'm trying to find God's will for me in this next chapter, mm -hmm. and I've been going through through uh, Chuck Smith through the Old Testament just with Jer like I'm in Jeremiah right now, but I feel like God just say, hold, get read the Bible because I could get on like a Bible marathon like a Bible study marathon mm -hmm. and not read the Bible and just like trying to hammer through like right. six hours of Bible studies a day right. just just to burn through it. Right. But I feel like God just goes stop, get your Bible and just start reading from the from Matthew and just go all the way through. 
And then as you read stuff, it's like you read that. Like I read that one chapter today when Jesus was talking about, you know, how Jesus went from town to town preaching and teaching, casting out demons, healing, healing every sickness. And then he went on to say, you know, he gave the, the he said the he saw the sheep that looked like a sheep without a shepherd. And mm-hmm. then it was in Matthew. And then he says, uh, you know, uh, the harvest is ripe, the workers are few. Who will I send? Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was like, he spoke to me to reconfirm that I was supposed to do that wake up tour and I was supposed to be touring around speaking because I was like, cause I'm like, okay, God, like I'm speaking at shine, but is this, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. asking you like, right. I, I don't know. Like, is this exactly what God wants me to do in my life mm-hmm. to be in God's will? just like what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And then like he, he speaks through his word and that's, what's important is like what you were saying about the word of God. If you want to hear God's direction, hear his voice. It's the word of God. Or you, you know, you could even vouch for this too. You could be listening to Bible studies and you could be hearing like someone teaching in this Bible study, and it feels like you're the only one in the room with God. Like God's like speaking to you yeah. through this guy. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. That's how he speaks. For that's sure. how you get the direction. Right. But people want the quick fix in their life. Right. They want to go to a pastor or someone that they think is like more spiritual than them or whatever and say, So how do I know God's will? Right. Right. I think, like, for instance, like I think you guys, um, you know. When you guys came to the Lord, it's like you guys found your will, you know, God's will for your life pretty easily, mm-hmm. I would say. You know what I'm saying? Like he had this plan and it was for that time and right there. But like when I came to know the Lord, I mean, I was young. And so like just kind of like out there just living my life like for the Lord. And I wasn't like, you know, but I don't think that I ever really discovered like his will for my life to like a long time. It was like, I was still like growing up and discovering who I was in the Lord. Cause I was somebody else outside of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I had people telling me, you know what you're going to teach one day. And I'd be like, no, 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 that's not me. I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so I kind of just brushed it off because I didn't think that I was capable of doing it. And it's funny, but I mean, when the Lord has a will for your life, he always brings it back. It's like you can't get away from it, you know. And finally, you know, it was the last time someone said, you're going to teach the word of God. And I just said, I surrendered. I'm like, "Okay, Lord, Mm -hmm. if anyone ever asks me to teach, I will never say no. And I've never said no. And it's like it's open so much. And it's like when I'm teaching, I don't necessarily like like it and I'm like oh yeah this is the best thing ever I'm scared to death and I'm mm-hmm. nervous but yet there's such a peace about it too mm-hmm. it's just it, there's this joy there's this freeing thing inside of me that I'm like I know that this is what he's called me to do you know what I'm saying and it's so it's like you know you can go through your Christian life and not necessarily be in tune with what the Lord has for you but that doesn't mean necessarily that you're not completely connected to the Lord it's just that you're not seeking after his will. And I think that that's what it was for me. I was like, I'm a Christian. I'm doing the right things, but not knowing really that, okay, you now you have to seek after his will because there is, he has a will for your life. You know what I'm saying? And so as you know, the Lord was showing me that I, it just became more clear. And so I just, you know, wanted Did he give you desire. Like, okay. So yes. Yeah, so people were telling you that, but inside of you, did you have something inside of you? Like, Leading you like going, I want to teach, or I let's was there, any, this was there any like I guess the words desire was there any desire at I, 
I pushed it aside or, because whenever like someone would say that, because I just remember sitting in uh, mostly women's Bible studies, mm-hmm. not necessarily like church, but I would just sit there and listen and go, okay, so how would I teach that? Like, oh yeah, I would have done it like this, or I would have done it like that. And so, but I think, you know, within that, like I thought, well, is that being prideful? Like, I think I could do it better. You know what I'm saying? So it was almost like a mind game that Satan was playing with me, like trying to think that that was prideful instead of necessarily the Lord was preparing me. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like every study I'd hear, I'd be like, okay, so how would I teach that? How would I go about that? What would be my main points? You know what I'm saying? And just preparing me to think like that so that when I did surrender, that I would be able to, you know, put a study together to be able to teach it. So God, so, so God will put those desires in your mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. I felt the same thing with teaching as well, uh-huh. but, um, but for the common or not common, just for pre, because I mean, there's only a few people that really teach, right, right. but people that don't teach, he'll put those desires in your heart. Like, man, I want to, I see those people. I want to go help those people. Right. I want to go serve. Mm-hmm. Or I see these guys put on these concerts. I want to go be a part of that. There's, you know, there's different desires that God will put stirring in you to go i mean if we had uh hubble um was it melissa, melissa hubble. hubble she had like a desire to go be a missionary yeah right. she's in africa yeah she's in africa and it's gnarly there yeah so but god put that desire yes put it in her heart she didn't just wake she didn't even want to go to africa no at first uh-uh. not at all so god will put desires in your heart and i think that's when you kind of start to act on them and pray about them right exactly but i think people also can be afraid of seeking the will of God because they're afraid that he is going to want them to do something that they don't want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? They're like, well, I'm not missionary material, so I'm not going to pray about or whatever. But we have to understand that the the desire of, you know, the Lord for us is to give us what our desires are. You know what I'm saying? As If we're walking in the Lord, our desires are his desires. So we're in check and we're in tune. We're walking side by side and we're like seeking him. So he's not going to take us make us do something that we would wouldn't want to do right we're not going to be like oh that's your will for my life well forget it like i don't like that i don't want to do that like being a missionary in africa yes exactly (laughs) yes You know? I'm all God. I love you, but being a missionary in Africa, <laughs> I'm like I was thinking Hawaii. Yeah, no. Oahu. Yeah. <laughs> or what's the other one? The other island, the uh, where Bethany Bethany Hamilton lives. Kauai. Kauai. Mm-hmm. Lord, I'll be a missionary in Kauai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send me, Lord. <laughs> Send me. <laughs> and I think people get bummed out on the on the opposite angle that they're praying to do this thing, yeah. and the Lord never allows them to do that. And I think they have to realize, okay, that's okay. That is not either it's not now or that's not God's will for your life. So you need to move on. One thing I want to add too. Also, people think that they can't do it. Right. Think about how much stuff we're doing, you guys, Mm -hmm. now that I never thought I'd be doing. I never thought you like teaching. I mean, you're you're a gnarly Bible teacher teaching Bible school and all this stuff and from the year past to what you're doing now, our friends are blown away. Right. right. The fact that that's happening. The fact that he can read. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I still can't read. But, no, but, but dude, yeah. everything that I'm doing now, as far as like ministry goes, because mm-hmm. I mean, putting concerts on and working on product, oh, I can do that stuff in my sleep. Marketing, right. I can do that all day long. That's easy. Yeah. But actually teaching the Bible, yeah. producing radio shows and other ministry stuff, 
you know, all that stuff, dude. I never, I was like, there's no way. I remember seeing Gary Beeler teach on Monday nights at Calvary Chapel Costa mm-hmm. Mesa. And I'm sitting there when I first got saved. And I'm like, how does he get up there and just teach the Bible? And he's funny. He's hilarious. It's like communicating. Like people get it. I love it. I mean, that was like, he was like my first pastor, like yeah. my, uh, my live pastor. Right. Just chuck it through the headphones. But yeah. Garrett, I was there live every Monday. And I was like, dude, I was just tripping like, because I, I looked at him, he's like my age, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, how does he do it, dude? That's insane. Right. No, I, I always felt the same way too, you know? Um, and this is why I think this is such a, a cool topic to talk about because I'm sure many people can relate to this. If you're tuning in right now, this is Live with Ryan Reese, and we're just talking about the will of God for, for our lives. And I like what Ryan was bringing up right now because that is a place where people get hindered. When you start looking at your own inadequacies, like, dude, I'm a fool. Like mm-hmm. people that know us, horrible at school. I know Ryan was horrible at school. I was horrible at school too. He was. He barely went to school. I never graduated. I, 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 I barely went to school. Um, but yet, this is common throughout the Bible. Moses said, "I can't speak. I can't go before right. a Pharaoh." But the Lord says, "Don't say you can't speak. I'm going to go before you." Jeremiah says, "I'm a youth. How are you going to use me?" And so on and so forth. Peter was a fisherman. Can all these stories throughout the Bible? speak of this i i remember for me again hearing raw teach and kind of like with you Mm -hmm. i was like thinking like as i was there for a while i kind of knew where he was going was going to go like a compliment verse and stuff like that like the lord was kind of showing me like i'm supposed to do that but like i know my past like if I had to speak in public, I would ditch class. Right. <laughs> like, I wouldn't go to English class for a five-minute speech. Right. It would petrify me so much to speak in front of a class like that. I could speak with my friends, joke around right. or whatever, but all eyes focus on me in a classroom. Dude, I'd shut down. There's no way I could do it. Exactly. And so as the Lord started, oh, and for, you're talking about Gary Beeler, Scott Salamet was that one for me. I remember going with him to these high school campuses, and he'd have this little Bible and he would teach and expound on all of this stuff, not looking at notes. And I was like, how does this guy memorize all this stuff? And it all flows and all same thing can be funny and it can connect and everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like engaged. And I would just like marvel like that's a trip. But then after time, just you being in the word and then taking steps of faith, God starts opening up doors for you. And you say, you see your gifts. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Everything that we do is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I would say this. I think this is an important point to, to note because if you say, what is God's will for my life? There are some, there's what is known as the general will of God. And it, it's broken down. There's a few verses that, that I'm going to break down really quick. First, you have Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, um, we are called to be living sacrifices and not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is God's will for your life. So it starts by a living sacrifice. That's like, Lord, here I am. I give you my life willingly. It's not a dead sacrifice. It's willingly. I'm mm-hmm. all yours. So that's part of the will of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1-6, it says, This is God's will, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That's holiness to the Lord. That's very important. When you when um in First Thessalonians five seventeen I believe it says, it is God's will for you to give thanks, give thanks for all that God has done in your life, and then another one in First Peter I believe four at the end of the chapter verse nineteen says, and it may be in your life that it is God's will for you to suffer, like these are the stages of life, are you down for it? Are you mm-hmm. open for it? 
And then as you recognize those kind of scriptures and that truth that the Lord has laid down for us, you will see that God's will for your life personally will begin opening up. But it all comes by submission to God. I think of in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle. Amazing story. But when he is called and he um, is confronted with the Lord on the Damascus Road, when Ananias prays for him, and first Ananias is like, no, I can't pray for this guy. Like He's like killing Christians. Like I'm a Christian. Like How am I going right. to pray for this guy? God says this, go pray for him. He's a chosen vessel of mine, but I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. He's going to be a witness to the kings, to the priests, to the Jews, to the Gentiles. He's going to suffer many things for my sake. So right in the beginning of Paul's call to ministry, there was also a promise to suffer. He doesn't give him the full, like, this is going to take place in the next 25 years, right. you're saying. Like, you, know, you, some of us just want, like, somebody to go on a whiteboard, okay, <laughs> this is what's going to happen this year, yeah. this year, this year. 15-year plan. Yeah, yeah the 15-year exactly. plan. It doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. It starts by walking by faith daily, mm -hmm. and there's peaks, there's valleys, there's uh, moments of taking steps of faith, um, there's areas of dying to the flesh, all these lessons to be learned there's along the way. There's times when you just sit still. Yep. yep. For sure. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, you went to do this this last, last year as you had your children and everything. There was like this redirecting of like preparation for what God had for you. And now you're back in high schools doing all this kind of stuff. Um, it's a, we do go through those seasons. Those seasons are necessary. It exactly. changes that. And that's the whole thing to know God's will for your life. You have to constantly be doing inventory, constantly be, uh, being aware of what he wants to do. Exactly. You might want to just switch it all up. There's like, I look at life like a book. It's just different chapters, mm -hmm. right? There's always different chapters that God's molding and shaping us for. Already at break. break. Yeah, we're at the break. <laughs> so, Alrighty. Well, uh, I guess uh, two minutes. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back. Bye. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173 or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say we didn't warn you. Loud noises! Like Bozo the Clown? Wow. Yes. <laughs> I have big feet. I can't wear Chuck Taylor. But you know what the problem with those things is there's no there's no insoles. My feet hurt now at all. Yeah. As an old guy. Yeah. No, it's true. They it, might look good with your kit, but if you're hobbling and you're in pain, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> is that worth it? Hey, girls wear high heels. Exactly. That's true. They wear you high heels. You gotta suffer for fashion, right? You gotta, you gotta count the cost. Yeah. That's true. Gosh darn it. <laughs> so, what were we talking about before the break? We were talking about God's will... And what are we think, about? Yeah, I think God's will for our life and, and what that looks like and the different stages that different are there chapters. and That's being right. sensitive to that, that change. You know, you've gone through different changes from the beginning. Like you thought, well, this is what I'm going to do. And yet you, I know you didn't think you were going to teach. There were multiple times that your dad wanted you to speak in that first year. Um, but the Lord had to do a work in your life for that next chapter to begin. And that's gone through different seasons. Um, my life has gone through different seasons and, and it's important because sometimes it could be minute things. Like I remember in the beginning, I was involved in so many things in ministry, like so many different things. And then after a while, luckily I heard God's voice saying, I'm doing too many, I'm scattered, I'm all over the place. And I started having to back out of things. 
Um, so one of them was helping on the high school ministry. Mm. And Scott Salem, who's a close friend of mine, there was a part where maybe I stayed a little bit longer helping him just because he's my friend. But yet I felt God was leading me out of there. And if I would have stayed there, I would have missed out. After I left that particular thing, that's where things started opening up for me, teaching in other areas, being more um, you know, exposed to other aspects of ministry that really shaped my life and shaped the what, what I do in teaching and ministering and all these different things and the practical side of uh, dealing with people. Um, so there are valuable lessons to be learned, and I'm looking for those new lessons. You know, we were talking about this the other day, Ryan, too. It's like, I need to be sensitive doing this radio show. I didn't just say, all right, let's do the radio show. I remember in the beginning, it's been over two and a half years now, and I couldn't just do it because you're my friend. It was like, I needed to pray like, is this what God wants me to do? Because there's other things that I got going on as well. So I needed right. to make sure that God's peace is guiding me in this. I ha have other responsibilities, but once I had peace, Lord was showing me like, this is a, a season. This is the time that, that I'm calling you to be a part of this. Then I was able to say yes, and things are able to flow. And I think that's important. I think just because the things that are put in front of you are spiritual. like Good things. Good, yeah. yeah, good things. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like doing this radio show, how could that be a bad thing? But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is God's will for your life. And that's why every situation or everything that's brought before you, you need to pray about it. And you need to know that the Lord has called you to do that. Because if not, you could be doing, you know, a work for the Lord. But if that's not his will, it's not going to mean anything. You're still going to be out of his will, even though you're still doing something, you know, that's godly. It right. doesn't make it right. So you that's have like to what Michael Guido says when he says, people want to say, hey, God, I'm going to go do this over here. Bless it. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Happens a because, lot. Just because you're involved with a church event or, or right. whatever. Yeah. Sometimes we look at other people and we want what they have. Right. Sometimes people want to be a pastor teacher where God hasn't called them to do that. Sometimes people want to be a missionary because they get moved emotionally by a movie or by somebody that gives a testimony of them being a missionary. And so, but they haven't taken the time to pray and allow right. God to confirm it in their lives. And there, I know stories of people that thought that that was it and went in the mission field and were like, wait a minute, I made a mistake. <laughs> exactly. I ain't supposed to be here. I need to go home. Or the opposite of like, this is where I know I'm supposed to be, but the, le but the Lord never opens the door because that isn't the will for your life. And then they get bitter mm -hmm. because it didn't happen. And so they're missing out on the blessing that the Lord does have for them because they're so tuned on what they want, which is being a missionary, whatever it is, or being a teacher. And so they can't even like open their mind to be like, okay, Lord, like obviously that's not what you have for me. So what is it that you have for me? Because the Lord has something for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we're not just supposed to accept the Lord and just just do life. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a will for all our lives. And it's just a matter of finding out what that will is and doing it. Well, let's even bring it down to like parents now. Because God's will is not the fact that you would have kids and then you neglect them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you go out and, and work. Yeah. And you're never around. Yep. You know, being a mom is like probably the gnarliest job around. Yep. And it's a calling. Dude, yeah. It's gnarly. Like to, to, to be a mom and to, to be there all day long with these little babies. And then you got to teach. I mean, dude, like I don't want to read books. Mm -hmm. Right. To the kids. Yeah. I don't want to clean diapers. <laughs> you know, all the, like, dude, 
like think about that. Like you guys are all parents. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like it's gnarly, but God's will's not you need to be around to like raise these kids and I mean there's a balance obviously as they get older and stuff, but um being in God's will is you God's will is to raise these kids in the ways of the Lord. The Bible teaches it. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that time to even pour in them. Because I mean, I just want to reach out to to the parents, you yeah. know, because there's probably moms and, and you know, moms that are probably going through stuff and they need to be encouraged, you know, that um, God's purpose is to raise them and then to see what he wants to do because there's different chapters in, in that whole situation. Go ahead. I mean, I you have, have a wife. Yeah. <laughs> she's one of my three <laughs> savage boys. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure she's going through it. My wife, you know, same thing. You you went through it, Melinda. Yes. I would have to say that. You have to say to the mothers. Just because you have kids doesn't mean your life is over. Mm-hmm. It's a new season in your life. And the Lord brings opportunities every day if you allow him to when you are a mom. You know what I'm saying? And it's just a matter of recognizing those opportunities and doing them. Like to me, like being a mom, it was sacrificing everything about myself. Like it's not about me anymore at all. It's about my kids and what's best for them. And knowing that the Lord has entrusted me with these kids and knowing that one day they're going to stand before him and it's going to come down to what did I do with them? Like, how did I instruct them? How did I teach them? Because it's, what does it say in the Bible? The word never comes back void. But if I'm not giving them the word, then they don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? So to just teach them, you know, what God's word says and to seek after his will, even as a child, and just instill that in them when they're young and hopes that they stay with it forever. But that's necessarily doesn't always happen, but nowhere to come back to if they do stray. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But to me, being a mom is like, the best thing ever. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, mm. it is like, I mean, sometimes I think like, man, maybe I should like be like, um, another, mo- like have more babies. No, not <laughs> have more babies. <laughs> no, but I think about like being like a foster mom, like yeah. bringing oh. like troubled kids into my home yeah. and like, being effective that way because so you can watch all of our kids. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, dude. I know I, people yeah. trip out because I'm like, bring your kids over. I don't care. The more the merrier. Like yeah. more doesn't mean stress to me. Yeah. More means I can be effective in these people's in these kids' lives. Yeah. Like I love it when my friends, you know, my kids' friends come over because then I'm like, okay, like we're all together. Like we can just you know chop it up, whatever, yeah. however we want. But yet to be that light to those that might not know the Lord or that do, but don't get it at home and see how, you know, our home is, you know, centered around Christ. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, I don't know. I just I just love kids. Is it fair to say that things get easier, obviously, when they get older? I mean, this is like a different stage. It's not like you have a bunch of like little babies running around. No, I would. I don't know if it gets easier. It just changes. So like I'm busier now than I was when they were babies. Yeah. Because I'm in the car more. I'm running them to this thing, to that thing, to this. I'm never home. It's like we leave the house at... But that's better. It right? is? Is that better than sitting at home and, and changing diapers all day? But but when they're little, yeah. they're on my schedule. I'm now on their, on their schedule. schedule. I don't have a schedule. They put me... <laughs> you're in school. You're over here in the corner smiling. Exactly. Shaking his head. Waking them all up. Getting yes. their br- Brush their teeth. Getting them out of the house with yes. this chaos. He doesn't oh, brush exactly. his teeth. Right? Yes. Oh, that's the like hardest thing for my wife. You know, getting out of the house where you got three boys, you know, wake up different ways and everything. Getting them all dialed in to bring them places. Because they're running yeah. everywhere, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You got baseball yeah. practice. Well, then you, you I mean, you're going to notice you got girls. Their yeah. hair's not right that day. 
They have a meltdown. Luckily, my kids go. Scrunchy? <laughs> Luckily, my, it. my kids go to private school, or it would be madness about dressing, what they're going to wear. I mean, it just, I mean, it falls apart real easily in the morning. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's easier. It's just different. It's mm. just so different. You know what I'm saying? I'm busier now because I'm doing what they want to do in a sense. That is a huge call from God on a mother's life. Mm-hmm. Parents' life. Yep. It is. Yeah. It's I, sacrifice. It is sacrifice. It is. To be, this is, to me, in those relationships is, is important. When you th- talk about your relationship with the Lord, how does success come in a relationship with the Lord? Denial of self. Mm-hmm. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Another stage happens when you get married. Right. When you are single, you do your own thing for the Mm -hmm. most part. You're on your own schedule. When you get married, okay, now you're taking somebody's thoughts and consideration. Um, Single days. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But now as you have children, even more so. If you want to be an effective parent, you take a back seat. Exactly. Um, And like you were saying, it's God's will. It's not an accident to have children. No. It's the most, is the most amazing thing. I love being a father as well. And like, you have to be good stewards of what God has given to you, which just means that you need to be responsible for those things that God has entrusted to you. Right. And those are those lines. Exactly. And the way you treat them, the way you live, you're an example to Christ, to, to your family. Mm-hmm. And you were saying it a while ago, right? It was like, you can, people can get so busy doing all these things, but if you neglect your children, your family, to me, it's like, of what value? Right. You know, I, I, yes, you need to show them that you're dedicated and, and you're serving the Lord. There has to be that balance, but you also have to be aware of their needs as well. There's some times where you just have to tune out all that stuff and just spend time focused just totally on them and make sure that that time is valuable between uh, you guys. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a little things. I'm learning as I go. Like they have these little moments right. like with each one of them right. because, um, those are moments that you're never going to get back. They're right. seasons of life, you know, just as like, you know, if the Lord tarries, you know, we'll get older. Our children will, you know, get older as well. And now we're going to have more freedom in some of our own time schedule and stuff. But but right now, this is where the Lord ha- has placed us in our lives. Um, but I will say this throughout all of that, you have to continue fulfilling the God's call in your life. Right. Because if some people say, oh, well, I only do this. I only do this stuff with my family. And I stop doing mm-hmm. things that God is calling me to do. That's not right either. No. You, you got to know like what that balance mm-hmm. is. And where God is leading, where his peace is, he'll work out those details. The Bible says to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. All these things will be added to you. Things will start falling into place. And it's not to say that you're going to be maybe off balance once in a while, but you have to be able to be discerning of that and be willing to learn. Right. I want to add one thing. You know, you said uh, kids are not accidents. Right. You know, maybe you're in a situation that, you know, some of you listeners and you're pregnant or you have your girlfriend pregnant or something. Kids are not an accident. God is the giver of life. You know, a lot of people can't even get pregnant. Right. So the fact that you actually have a a baby, maybe it was just something out of God's will as far as like, you know, having sex out of marriage or whatever. But children are not accidents. In order for that to happen, for a woman to get pregnant and for the egg to take and for it to fertilize and the whole thing and become a baby, that is just a, a miracle from God. So discovering God's will in our life, I mean, if you have a kid... He gave you that kid. Right. 
So that's in that's in his will. Yeah. Right. You know, maybe it wasn't in the context of being married or whatever, but the fact that you are pregnant right now, that is God's will. Because and your he's life, the life isn't giver. over. Your I, life I like isn't it. over. And your life's not over. It's just beginning. I'd yes. like to add one thing to that as well, because, you know, with people that maybe are born into um, a family where the dad's not around right. or the mom's like, in a mess or did he raise with their parents? Maybe mm. grandparents had to raise him and maybe they're wrestling with the fact like maybe I was an accident. Mm-hmm. They didn't really want to have me. Right. But even in that, there are no accidents with the Lord. Nope. The fact that you're here, that God has created you, he has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. You will see great things. I, I have witnessed and been able to be around people that have been in that same circumstance as well. And so I, I would just encourage you, man, that there are no accidents. God is on the throne. He is over our lives. And as, when, as we find out what that will of God for our lives, great things will happen. But to go with that, this is what we were talking about earlier as well. And I think this is an important point to transition into, is that there are many that miss out on what God's will is for their life. And they settle. Right. You settle. It's known as the permissive will. Yeah, it's just right. like that's the routine that's mm-hmm. just going to church and all right it's almost over he's gonna be done by twelve fifteen. he's gonna be down by this time and then i'm gonna go out get something to eat then i'm gonna go home go to sleep go to work mm-hmm. and it's just this routine but you're not praying and not like that the freshness of like god what do you have for my right. life and isn't that religion yeah it's kind of, it's it, you, you, can find your, you can find yourself in in a religious state going through the motions religion is, is emotions right but there's not that relationship or like trying to go to pursue God. Right. You're just like church Wednesdays, church Sundays, mm-hmm. give some money to the church. My kids are in Christian school. Right. I'm doing do, everything do, 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 right. Do, do, do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in, you know, really, mm-hmm. I'm doing everything right. So it's all good. But I mean, I would challenge. No freshness. I, I like would that. challenge people out there that feel like that to just truly just call upon the Lord and just ask him to show you like what is your, uh, God's will for your life. And just truly, truly, truly seek him and pray and figure out what it is that he has for you. Because he has something for you. It's not like only certain people. He has something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what it is, and you have to figure out what it is by what? Reading his word, by praying, by spending that time with him. Not like, dear Lord, just bless me today. Okay, what do you have for me? Okay, goodbye. Yeah. You know, but just truly just sitting at his feet so that everything's quiet, so that you can hear his voice. And everything that you do, you know, like I'm in the car and I'm all constantly talking to the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of like, oh, OK, it's got to be like so ceremonial and I have mm-hmm. to be in a certain place and I have to be on my knees or whatever. You know, it's like, but that's when, you know, you have a relationship with the Lord because you talk to him all the time and it's not anything that's like planned or anything. It's just like everyday stuff. And you're just like, okay, Lord, like this is going on. What do you think about it? And it could be these that. little prayers too. Yeah, it's just exactly. Like whatever's on your mind at that moment. It's not, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out prayer. Yeah. I, I think it's important to have perspective. You know, one thing that your dad has drilled into my mind and probably a lot of people's is like this. You have to have vision and passion. Mm-hmm. You, you have to see opportunities that are in your life. And I coming and ministering and being next to your dad so much. It didn't matter if like, I would meet him at the gym early in the morning in my first couple of years there. It, it would build relationships. He'd joke around with people all the time. 
And then these people would come up to him, going to eat tacos, which he eats tacos all the time, or <laughs> ice cream. Like these are opportunities that I would see, and that's why there's like a freshness. Like you see that each day that you have is an opportunity to be used by God, and I think that's what everyone has to truly realize. You're in the workplace, you're at the DMV, and like the most a horrible place to be at right. but like they god might have you there for an opportunity you see somebody bummed out and when god because that's what really i feel like fires you up is when you say wow like god used me in this particular area right because i i would say this if i was just sitting in the congregation and not doing anything i would feel like lifeless right you know like because you're in the front lines, you're, you're doing things, you're stepping out of your comfort zones. For me, speaking, teaching, and doing these things or whatever your gifts are, that's your sweet spot. That's where mm -hmm. you need to be. Um, and then things will flow. It's not going to be easy sometimes. Right. There's all different things you could serve in, too. I mean, you could talk to the church. There's people that worked in addictions ministry. There's people that will serve coffee and, and food to the women's thing. There's ushers. Think about the ushers. Right. Security. They're the security. You know, they're mm -hmm. there ushering, making sure everything's running smooth. Maintenance. They come after yes. work. Maintenance. They're, I mean, there's uh, people that go out, do evangelism stuff in the street. There's the high school. There's the junior high. There's music. Um, I'm just trying to think of just other, what, what other things. There's the Boy Scouts. There's all kinds of there's different things. Children's ministry. And yeah, children's watching kids. You're like, oh, exactly. I just love babies. Right. Come watch babies during church service. Right. Yeah. And and, and, and that that's a start. That's just a start point. Right. To see... That, that Where he's going to use you yeah. and what, what it is that he has for you. And not one place is better than the other. No. You know what I'm saying? Not one calling or. God, said The scriptures say God's no respecter of people. Exactly. No, no partiality. No. no. Yeah. I was, I was teaching this last night. We were going through a first Peter when it talks about like the inheritance that we have. But basically I broke down as like, there's no, it says there's no partiality with God. That means that. God doesn't look at Billy Graham higher than myself. Right. Or Chuck Smith or whoever else that have gone before us and done ministry. Mm -hmm. Like God doesn't isn't a respecter of persons. You right. know, he cares for me. He loves us the same. And he can use us in ways that we never thought possible if we just submit to his will uh, in our lives. And I and I would just encourage people like that's that's where the fire will resonate in your life. That's where passion and direction will resonate in your life. When you when you recognize your life isn't pointless, it's not meaningless. Right. You, you are leaving a legacy behind for your family, for your children. Your life's not a waste. Satan wants to waste your life. He wants to rip you off. He wants to get you depressed and murmuring, complaining all the time. That was the children of Israel's problem. They murmured and complained in the wilderness right. and they were missing out on God's will for their life. God's will for their life was bringing them into the promised oh, land, but because they had their eyes on the things of the flesh and not having faith in the Lord, they died in the wilderness. Exactly. You, you know what's interesting? I was just thinking how, you know, at that first verse that we were talking about earlier tonight, it says, uh, Jesus says, go out and make disciples of the nations, baptize them in the name mm -hmm. of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey my commandments. Think about how many Christians, even guys that are on, payroll with the church, different people that aren't even like leading people to the Lord. Right. Like, mm -hmm. think about that. Yep. How many people are just going through the routine yep. in ministry mm -hmm. or not in ministry that are just, that are full Bible believing Christians. Right. 
not ever using any opportunity or even trying mm-hmm. to lead people to the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we've all been called to that. That's, exactly. that's, that's the call that Christ has put on all of us that's individually. Universal. Right. Yeah. And before I was even teaching or doing any of that stuff, when I first got saved, God would like prompt me to talk to certain people, like at the car wash, right? Just mm-hmm. create a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I would just maybe share like a little piece of my story <laughs> about a situation that was going on in my life, you know, that maybe that related to like what they were talking about or whatever. There's all these little ways mm-hmm. that God will use you, but it's so easily it's so easy to just become institutionalized and and not know or disconnect from that call that God's called you to be. Right. So easy. Well, and I think that's why the church is asleep too yep. these days. Yeah. People are just caught in this this routine and um, you know. Well, you're so busy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in ministry, you work for a church. So you're just busy doing ministry and forgetting that that But there's no freshness. You're just no, busy. I know. Exactly. That's my point. Busy. Forgetting the point that, you know what? We're supposed to still be going out. Even though you're working in ministry, you're still supposed to be going out and being effective and ministering yep. to people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. And not get so caught up in the busyness of it because there is busyness in ministry. Mm-hmm. There is stuff that, you know, you just comes natural and you just do it, you know? And it, then you forget, oh, I got to go out. I got to be effective. This is why it's important to stay in the Word. Yep. To read and keep get fired fresh. up. That's how you, you you keep that fresh. That's how you keep that freshness mm-hmm. is by hearing God's voice and having him speak to you. Because once he gives you that word, he speaks to you. You're like all fired up all over again. Yeah, yep. exactly. You know? And I mean, think about it. how do churches grow? Sheep beget sheep. You can't expect the pastor to bring in all the people. You know what I'm saying? It's well, if, like, you do, yeah, if you do outreach at a church, you know, we've been talking about doing some like some stuff at our church. But if the sheep, the people don't bring the people... We could have all these amazing speakers as an outreach, uh-huh. you know, as it's like an in-reach to bring friends. Right. But if no one brings anyone. Yeah. And that, that's the strength of the church. Yes. That, and that's why everybody plays a role, like we were saying. Like everyone. There, there's 21 gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of them have multiple gifts. Some have one. Whatever it is, when you discover those gifts that God has given to you, you'll see great things in your life. You'll complement the ministry that you're a part of. And in your life, you'll be able to be in that flow where the Lord is just blessing the steps of your life and the lessons to be learned in discovering the will of God. Things are not always easy, but as you submit to God, you're a living sacrifice, you're listening to his voice, you're staying in his word, you're spending time in prayer, the Lord will align his will with your, your will will align with God's will, and then you'll have peace. Perfect. Yep. Well, if you want past shows, you can go to uh, ryan-reese.com. We get all of our past shows for like the last two years. A lot of good stuff there. The Whosoever's Movement, you can go there too. Get some of the product, represent your faith wherever you're at. And uh, even get involved with us to uh, to pursue the Kill the Noise Tour. If you are a, whoever you are, and you have if you have high schools around you, please contact us. We would love to come and uh, go to the public high schools. We would love to come to your church do the wake-up message and get the church all fired up and prayed up so we could reach uh, this generation. Get involved with us. We would love to be a part of what you guys are doing in your city and get these kids into church so they can get discipled and we could teach them to obey God's commandments and then they can go out and reach their generation. It's important. We got to get the youth. 
We have to get the youth. If not, what's going to happen to the church? Exactly. Exactly. We love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.